Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Library of Erotica. Um, For those of you on Patreon, this is your bonus bit, or one of them anyway, this week. So um, I've got Vinny Tesla here with me, and he just read an amazing, amazing portion of Oda Discovers Fire, which happens to be one of my favorites, and you really should go and read the actual whole novella. Um, And there is a link to the novella in the notes for this week, so you can just click the link and get it that way. I wanted to ask you, what got you into writing erotica? Uh, well, it's a question of, of how far back to start the story. Uh, I think what I'll start it with, actually, is being introduced to Usenet in college. Mm-hmm. And when I found alt-sex stories, I don't need to, should I be explaining what Usenet was? You probably should. I mean, there's a lot of people um, our age and older um, here um, and people who would know what you <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was, and I think probably somewhere out there still is, uh, a distributed, decentralized bulletin board system that was a major application of the internet back before the World Wide Web took over everything. Yep. Um, and so although there were portions of it that were quite orderly, there were also portions of it that were completely anarchic. Uh, and uh, the alt-sex stories news group uh, was for 19-year-old me, for the very first time in my life, a um, bottomless well of smut where previously I had sort of furtively gone into bookstores and purchased a book or a magazine and then had to sort of um, go through that until, until pages were falling out as the spine cracked. Um, the quality was all over the place. Um, some of it was terrible. Some of it was brilliant. Much of it was, let's say, serviceable. I could get erotic fulfillment for it from it, but I could also see that there was a lot wrong with it as a piece of writing. And that was crucial because I wasn't ready to start writing yet, but I was feeling, I could feel it getting closer. I wanted to be writing. I, I, I loved, I always loved fiction. I always identified with writers. Um, And one of the things that inhibited me from writing fiction um, as a teenager is that I had this ludicrous notion in my mind that I was stepping into the ring with the greats 
and I should be writing as good as well as a world-class professional writer from the start. And until I could do that, I should just wait until I was good enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, like you're going to get good enough without practice, right? Uh, yeah. Um, so what Usenet was for me was a place where I could experience for myself that people were submitting stuff that was really bad and it was still kind of good. Right. It still had value for me. I was still getting something out of it. And it was also a wonderfully slack competition. I knew that I was a skilled enough writer that I could write something that would be, you know, in the, in the upper quartile, upper 10th from, from, from a standing start. Right. That said, writing is hard work. And I was sort of thinking that way for a long time before I actually got around to doing it, which would be in the early, very early 2000s. Right. When I first started posting short stories to the news group Alt Sex Stories Moderated. Um, and I started getting fan mail. I mean, most of it was three words saying, neat story, love to read more. But still, it was from strangers who'd been, who, whose day had been improved by my posting this, this made-up story. Uh, it was a big charge. Yeah. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a parallel storyline that, that sort of uh, doesn't intersect with this yet, where uh, in between that experience I had in college and that readiness I felt to write in 2000, in the very late 90s, I had interned at Circlet Press. Um, and uh, my favorite thing to do there was read the slush pile, uh, which is which is the old publishing term for the unsolicited manuscripts that come in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Cecilia had a wonderful. Um, Cecilia's probably been a previous guest on the show by now. Is that right? Uh, no, not yet. It's coming up, but don't worry about it. Cecilia was the first story read on the show. Okay, um, Cecilia had a wonderful. Uh, uh, checkbox form for, for most of the rejections. This is not a story about sex. The sex in this story is not consensual. Uh, there are no science fiction elements. Um, in a story, in, in, my, one of my favorites was in a story for a vampire anthology, revealing that one of the characters is a vampire never counts as a surprise ending. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so you know once again lots lots of really bad stuff and once again that sort of was comforting for me in a sense that my i could produce stuff that might be worthwhile wow so once go, again so go away and flesh the characters out was actually a good rejection from there potentially that's not, that's, not, that's not one that I experienced. I, I've, I've gotten that since, but uh, I think it wasn't until, so, so in the early 2000s, I started writing mostly naturalistic uh, short stories and posting them on the, on the internet for free. And it wasn't until I, I got up the nerve to actually submit something to Circlet where it might potentially actually be rejected until 2011 when they did their first steampunk anthology. Yeah. Um, 
I wrote something that was a month past deadline, uh, uh, some 5,000 words over the upper limit. <laughs> but it was a story I was very proud of. Um, and it was turned down for the steampunk anthology and instead ended up in uh, Lauren Burka's uh, transgender anthology for reasons that have never been entirely clear to me. Honestly, I think a lot of it is that Cecilia doesn't resonate well with humor in her erotica, by and large. And as the editor of the steampunk anthology, she was able to, to look at that story and say that it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a nice story but she didn't really want it in her erotic anthology. That's, that's, that's my theory. Uh, but anyway, they, they published it in this, um, in the, in this uh, trans anthology. It didn't have any trans characters in it, um, but I got a big charge out of that. I wrote a, I wrote a sequel, which I submitted for another anthology. This is for a shapeshifter anthology this time. They were like, this isn't quite the kind of shape-shifting we had in mind. One of the things about everything I, 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 I write is it tends to um, have this funny relationship to genre where I have a knack for writing stuff that's going to alienate someone who isn't into the genre and also alienate anyone who's really into the genre. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh... Like Oda discovers fire. If you know that you don't want to read werewolf erotica, it's not for you. But if you're a fan of werewolf erotica, it's probably not for you. Well, I'm a fan of werewolf erotica, but I'm also a fan of things that are idiosyncratic. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, wow, just it just really grabbed me. It just really grabbed me. So I love stuff. I'm delighted. Um, so anyway, I, so I wrote, I wrote two steampunk shapeshifter stories calculated to alienate anyone into shapeshifters or steampunk. Um, and uh, Cecilia was like, we're not going to use the second one in this anthology, but if you write us a third, that's enough for a book. So uh, that, was the, that was the origin story for The Erotofluidic Age, my first book, which I also got to design the cover of myself, and I'm very proud of that. That's totally cool. I didn't realize that. That's totally cool. Well, yeah, I mean, there was kind of a circlet house look that I didn't love and particularly didn't love for that particular book. So I asked if it was okay for me to take it on and I did a design and Cecilia was like, okay, it has this problem, this problem, this problem, and this problem. And so I redid it. She was like, okay, now it has this problem, this problem. And eventually she was satisfied and I'm very proud of it. So uh, that was my first book. Um, in the last five years or so, most of what I've been writing in the way of fiction has been uh, comic scripts. Mm -hmm. um, the way that came about was a, um, there's a writer who goes by the pseudonym Iago Faustus, who runs the website eroticmadscience.com. And on that website, he was doing a webcomic, posting a page a day. He was writing it and he was paying someone to draw it. And he did that for about a decade. Wow. And then he decided that, he, yeah, he decided he wanted to take a break from writing it to work on other projects. So he pinged writers who he had enjoyed to do guest scripts for him. Cool. It is cool. Um, I've been a comics fan since I was in college, uh, but had never had a chance to write a comic script before because 
by and large, uh, writers looking for artists in comics is kind of like straight couples looking for bisexual women on, on uh, the web. There's, uh, they're, they're, they're both out there, but there's a huge asymmetry of, of yeah. people looking. Um, so uh, that, that uh, 30 page story turned into uh, uh, a 200 page story, turned into another 200 page story. So um, it's, been a, it's been a wonderful opportunity to do that. And uh, to get to work with Faustus and with the uh, with the artist Lon and be able to work in that completely new medium that I love. So we should look out for that. That's really cool. That's really cool. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of enthusiasm for graphic everything, not just graphic novels. I'm um, uh, Meg John Barker, who writes um, erotica, but also um, is primarily known for um, more. Um, writings around sex and relationships and gender and, and academic and then for, for people um, rather than for academia has done a number of um, graphic books. One of them was, it was Queer the Graphic Novel, which is fabulous. Um, and it just seems that there's, um, there's just a much bigger audience for that now than there used to be, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So that's Ex Expository comics are definitely getting a lot more attention and respect. I'm sure you're, you're familiar with uh, Erica Moen's webcomic, Oh Joy Sex Toy. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, th so the other development with regard to the comics is that uh, the graphic novel, The Eidolon Initiative, I think you mentioned this. Yeah, so that's that's one of those projects. It has gone from being my my script for this online venue to being Circlet's very first comic book. Fabulous. And can now be purchased. And I want to put in a plug. So I'm delighted that there's a print edition. I haven't got my hands on it yet, but I am excited to have copies to be able to give away, to wave at conventions. I also want to put in a plug for the Kindle edition, which I put a lot of, of care and love into making it comfortable to read, even on a smartphone. Fabulous. So you do pay attention to that because the links are going to be in the notes. So you should go and check it out because most many of us read. I mean, I still love paper, but then I'm 57. So there's a good reason for that. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I still end up reading a lot of things electronically. So when somebody's put effort into making it readable, that's so much better. So wonderful. Yeah, I'm, 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 very, I'm very pleased with it. And I know that mostly uh, comics that weren't initially designed to be readable on a phone are unlikely to be. So like I said, I put a, put a lot of love into that project. Wonderful. So thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you giving us your time. Oh, thank you. This was so much fun. Oh, good. Good. That's the idea. And guys, we will see you all next week. Like I said, I don't remember who's week four. Week five, sorry. Week five. Because um, I'm disorganized about my list. It has to do with people's availability. But rest assured, there will be something fun to listen to. See you guys soon. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlauribethbisbee.com and drlauribethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. 
If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at laurybeth at drlaurybethbisbee.press. Have a great week.